And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Oh boy, Daniel, it's been a while since we recorded last, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't be a new segment without some technical difficulties. Yes, long-time <laughs> listeners to the podcast know how much troubleshooting we've done. Thankfully, we had a very kind uh, chat um, from uh, a Next new watcher. I, I don't know if you're a new watcher or not, but new chatter for us. Um, thank you for pointing us out that we did not have sound on. So we're going to refilm this introduction. Uh, but we're excited because this episode marks the first of our newest brand new segment mm-hmm. that we're doing. We talked about a little bit about this on the past couple episodes. We're now trying to uh, broaden our different episodes that we have. We now have four different episodes. Long-time listeners will always be familiar with the Top 8 Debate. Those are not going anywhere. Chits and Giggles. They're always familiar with Chits and Giggles. That's not going anywhere. And now Board Game Breakdown is going to be less sporadic. We're, we're not going to do it just whenever. We're going to have that once a month as well. Mm-hmm. But now... Sometimes with interviews, sometimes without. Sometimes with or without interviews. It depends, yep. Yeah. But now, specifically, we have a brand new segment and a new format that we're going to be going off of today. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Brand new, first time listener, thank you for joining us. By all means, join in on the conversation. We love having crowd feedback, talking to us. Tell us why we're wrong or right. It does not matter. We love the interaction. So, this brand new segment. This is a brand new uh, theme that we came up with called Board Game Brainstorm. Yep. So, what we do in Board Game Brainstorm, we take one game. Uh, We'll tell you all the rules once we get into the segment itself, but we take one game Based on our criteria uh, for board game break, uh, not break, I keep going that way, uh, for uh, top eight debate, mm-hmm. we break them down and give you five recommendations. It could be crossovers. It cannot be. Uh, we can come up with completely different games. We each yep. come up with five games based on that one game. Whether you like that game or not, here's our mm-hmm. recommendations to try something else. If you do like it, well, here's something for you to try. If you don't like it, we'll try this one instead. Right. Uh, so we break it down based off our five criteria. Again, we'll get into that once we start the segment. But uh, we have rules for it. Uh, we have the criteria. We'll explain all that here in a little bit. But the one thing we wanted to start off, too, mm-hmm. is because in the Top 8 debate, in the Chits and Giggles, we talk about games we played lately yeah we have our introductory sub segment where we talk about what we've been playing lately what's new to us why we want to talk about it whether it's good or bad we Mm -hmm. always bring it up in board game breakdown now we're implementing uh, not it's news but not really news we don't want to like announce games and stuff like that but we're talking about like interesting facts in the gaming world that we want to talk about we in the last episode we talked about the dice tower nominees the board game uh geek uh nominations are live Mm -hmm. now uh we talked about um, the new Funko games mm-hmm. about like how they have the new Indiana Jones license. Well, yep. it's not a new license, but now they have it, they, yep. and they ran with it, making multiple games, games with it. Yeah. Uh, GameFound is uh, basically telling you what's coming out in the summer uh, during their stuff. So That's right. This one, we want you to get to know us a little bit more outside of the board gaming world. Yeah. So we're talking about stuff that we're interested in that right. doesn't involve board games, but maybe adjacent to it for some reason or another. Yeah, and let's be real. I mean, it, like when we watch, um, when we watch like any of our favorite reviewers, mm-hmm. we we get to know them a little bit. And the more you know about the reviewer, the more you know if the kind of games that they like are the kind of games that you you're like. going to be into. Yeah, exactly. So we're hoping that helps dispel that. Um, if nothing else, they'll talk. We'll talk about a little bit about us because. 
even though we have this very, very big hobby that you and I are together, a lot of our other stuff outside of gaming is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Very much Despite so. our names being the same and us both being colorblind. Minor details. So, um, let's talk about what you've been doing lately. So, like uh, I was saying uh, early, I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. Uh, you've talked to, you see it on the podcast. I'm always wearing a different minor mm-hmm. league hat. I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Chicago. Uh, it's basically because of WGN. We good? Yep. Uh, was a local channel out here. We're again in the Southwest. We're in New Mexico. So we don't have a major league team relatively near us. I think the closest one is Phoenix, which is six hours away. And so growing up, I'm in my late thirties. So, mm-hmm. The Arizona Diamondbacks weren't here, so I was a big, huge Chicago Cubs fan. But I just love baseball in general. I played it in high school. I played it while I was younger, uh, growing up. It's, it was my sport growing up. I didn't even try football till I was in middle school. So for me, the most thing I've been intrigued by lately is baseball season just started. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I was mentioning a big, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. I get MLB.TV every year, usually free because of T-Mobile. Uh, but I watched a, a lot of the games, like opening weekend, that's all I watched was every single game, not just Cubs. I watched all the baseball. I also can watch minor league baseball a lot. I do watch that a lot because, uh, the Cubs have on MLB TV. If you're a fan of a certain team, they give you the affiliated games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also just recently last week, uh, last Saturday, which was a few days ago, me and my wife went down to El Paso, which is about 40 minutes away from us, to go mm-hmm. watch the El Paso Chihuahuas. They play AAA baseball um, about 40 minutes away from us. We got tickets to the game. And the main reason we went there, one, we're Chihuahua fans. We love going to the games. But yeah, they're, also, they're adorable dogs, too. No, I don't like Chihuahua dogs. I like Chihuahuas. They're fun. Uh, no, they're annoying. They're ankle biters. <laughs> but uh, I went down to uh, El Paso to watch the game. The main reason being, there was actually a Major League Baseball player, and there's actually a couple on the team right now, who are doing uh, rehab assignments. This guy, he, mind you, love him or hate him, he got popped for PEDs, so drugs, uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs. Mm. But he was also injured, so he had to do rehab assignments to you know, get back into the flex of games. Uh, but he's a very exciting young baseball player by the name of Fernando Tatis Jr., so when I found out he was doing rehab assignments in AAA, I immediately bought tickets. And it was a good thing, too, because there was oh, it was almost a sellout. There was a lot of standing room people at that game on a Saturday. And it was a fireworks show, too, the first fireworks show of the, the year. But, man, me and my wife had a blast. She doesn't care much for baseball. She's not a big uh, sports fan. But I was, in, uh, I was really enjoying teaching her how to uh, – the game itself, the rules, the nuances. She was enjoying going and getting uh, the alcohol beverages that she can drink. Uh, she got, like, this little fishbowl rum lemonade thing. Uh, it's basically a, a little fishbowl. That has a cap, an Paso Chihuahua's cap over the top of it that you could drink out of a straw, uh, straw with. It was interesting. That's different. <laughs> it's funny. But you go to that game, they have uh, dog bowl nachos. They literally yeah. will give you a dog bowl, fill it with nachos. That is like the El Paso Chihuahua's plastic dog bowl. And you get to take that dog bowl home and give it to your actual dog if you wanted to. So it is... It, it's a That's fun hilarious. Time. Yeah. I mean, I like that. If you ever ridiculous. get a chance to either go to a Chihuahua's game or any minor league baseball, that minor league baseball is one of the best uh, games of baseball because they're not major leaguers yet. Some of them will never make it. 
but the stadiums have to draw people in. So how do you do it? You do some fun stuff like yeah. dog bowl nachos, the dog, uh, the fish, the fishbowl drinks. Uh, you do stuff, uh, fireworks shows, or just yeah. they're having a Star Wars night next week uh, where the the jersey is going to be the Mandalorian with uh, Grogu on uh, in the pouch. So they do fun stuff like that. So yeah. it, and they're relatively cheap. I mean, because Tatis was there, the tickets weren't. Super expensive, but they weren't cheap. I think I spent $110 for our tickets. Mind you, we had good seats. We were on the third baseline, which is the home dugout, five rows up. So we were almost filled level. Yeah. Uh, But you could get, like, the... The grass seating for $20 a ticket or $30 a ticket. So, but... And it's not just the Chihuahuas. There's 120 different minor league teams out there. You have your low A, your high A, your double A, your triple A. So if you... Anywhere near one of these double A teams, go and watch it. They they are very enjoyable. The food is relatively good. Like I had uh, Texas, what is it? Not Texas cheese fries. Uh, chili cheese fries at the thing. They were expensive, but the thing was that could have fed two people. I didn't even finish them. It was like ten dollars for it, and I couldn't even finish it myself. And the wife got Texas cheese fries. We were planning like to hit all these different things. I got a hot dog. That's about it. That's the only other thing I can eat the rest of the time. Too full. Too full. So yeah, now that's what I've been doing. It's just baseball. Cool. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, I was waiting for that segue. All right, instead of just like conceitedly started talking, which wouldn't be the first, but mind you, you know. No, the thing I've been uh, really focusing on lately is travel. Um, Mm. So it's been an ongoing joke with me and my workplace is that when, if we ever have anything more than a weekend off, because I work in education, Mm -hmm. so we get weekends off, but if like a holiday comes around and we have like either three or four or five day weekend, um, oftentimes like the, my, my, my fellow colleagues will ask me, it's like, so where did you travel to? Because it was that common Mm -hmm. over the summer. I think I went out of town about eight times and just different reasons different where you know that's one of the things i do and so i have a trip coming up with by the next week which is why we're filming this episode early yeah um i'm also planning um another trip in uh, around july and then we're planning a massive trip in june um i have another trip in july that i'm going to be going to and this is just yeah this just came up out of nowhere but um yeah i mean the massive one we were going to go cross country so yeah the plan was originally to go from uh, basically here to Minneapolis to Montana and then back, which is huge. <laughs> That's a I thought that massive. was the plan. Did you change it? Uh, it has recently been changed um, just due to uh, circumstances. We we're going to meet family up in Montana. That fell through. So we're debating on what we want to do, probably hit national parks. It's a big thing of me. I love hiking. So mm-hmm. why not go see national parks, get yeah. a chance to do that? And um, we're, we're, we know everything going up to Minneapolis at this point. Um, and then after that, who knows, because we, we might just wing it actually and say over the next six days, let's just see what happens because yeah, we've have, done that before. You still going up to Iowa? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's for a friend's wedding. And so that, that's still pretty much set in stone. But I mean, again, we're winging it. I mean, yeah. when I get to Minneapolis, there's a good chance I'll probably go to Mall of America, check out the board game shop there. Um, I, I do want to check out Asmodee North America again. Uh, and the fun center, game center, game center. Yep, um, which uh, it's that's a name. I, I don't like that name. Right, but I, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it, it is it's what it is. asthma day, but it's fantasy flights actual field. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's a cool place to be. 
And I remember they were just really friendly people there, so yeah. demoed my games for a couple days. You got uh, Micro Macro up there. I did. I did, actually. And you guys got very jealous because that when I went up there for the first time, that's right after the Spiel des Jahres was announced. No, no, yeah. And and I ended up getting it right away, and that was one of the first copies, I think, in the U.S., um, because it got picked up for wider distribution. Yeah. So, um, now, I, have you ever done Airbnb before? Yeah. Uh, when I went to Disney uh, in March, we stayed in an Airbnb. Yeah. That was five minutes away from the Disney park. We were thinking about doing that, and so there was one in the Midwest. I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be a big group of us. We're going to need, like, three rooms or something. Yeah. You know? we'll, we'll see what we could do. And then we were looking... And man, the fees just pop up like you got, crazy. You gotta you know? pay attention. You gotta yeah. you gotta look through it uh, really well right. because of the fees, the cleanings. Like the one we stayed in, yeah, uh, sixty dollars for cleaning normally. Yeah, that yeah. that's on average. In all yeah. honesty, uh, and the thing is, is like that's why you can rent sometimes the Airbnbs cheaper than hotel rooms because they're like, here, it's a sixty dollars fee for this. Whereas sometimes the hotel room is just already included, or right. like if you're going to the resort town, Minnesota, or uh, yeah, Minnesota, it's in July. That's one of the big times they're busiest yeah. because it's really warm yeah. up there, or cooler than say down here. Right. Uh, so people go a lot for hunting and fishing and stuff that's up there, or Model America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Airbnb is not that bad. Like I was no. saying, the one we were staying at, uh, it cost us for, and we were staying there for a week. I think it cost us in total. About fifteen hundred for me and the wife, or our half of the right. Airbnb. It was about three thousand. But again, we stayed up there for a week. We got a three bedroom house with two baths. Yeah. So and and see that makes sense. But I was very surprised to say the least because I had never looked at it before, and I was like, okay, it's like ninety dollars a night. So I got two nights. Okay, that's one hundred eighty. I figured there'd be extra fees, but it was like, oh, uh, the Airbnb fee for like forty eight dollars plus the sixty dollars cleaning fee plus tax. It's like, and it came up to be like. Almost $400. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that doubled. That's interesting. It's getting more ridiculous now because yeah. of Airbnb, but there's other uh, sites. I can't remember the names, but yeah, yeah, it's becoming more ridiculous because people don't want to pay right. the hotel fees. Right. Exactly. Uh, the, the other thing, too, with like when when we first, when I stayed in my first Airbnb, it was 2019, and we stayed basically in an apartment away from the Dice Tower West. Yeah. So even then, that was a bit pricey because I still had to pay about. Four hundred dollars for that, mind you. It's Vegas. Yeah, it is Vegas, so that's true. So yeah, that's what I've been looking forward to. I think if I remember correctly, uh, if I calculate it right, within the next like three months, I'm going to be in like twelve different states or something like that. Well, I know for a fact you're going to be in uh, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, we're going through a lot. Arizona and Nevada. That's going to be a big one. Here yeah, pretty soon because your your guys are staying in. You're basically doing the trip we did together last year. I yep, couldn't go exactly. because I had that Disney trip last month. Right. Um, where you're staying in Vegas, right, before you go to Reno mm-hmm. yep. uh, for Gamma. But Vegas, I like Vegas. Go hit up Meepleville. Yeah, Meepleville. There. Vegas yep. is fun. Meepleville's mm-hmm. nice. Um, but what's ridiculous that people don't understand, we live in New Mexico. Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yes. It is a six-hour drive to Phoenix, Arizona. So a major city... In another state, it's a 10-hour drive to Vegas, Nevada. It's an additional seven hours to Reno. How is Reno seven hours away from Vegas? It's ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know. And, man, that's the longest seven hours in the world. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is up and down straight. Yeah. Up and down straight. Yeah, you never never thought. It's like, I'm going to go to the the Valley of Death or whatever it's called. Death Uh, Valley. Death Valley for fun. 
Because that's more of a, that's less that's of a knife sword than... It's a straight shot. So. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't but know. But the thing about the Reno Drive, too, is just that we had to make games for ourselves. We won't mention what the games we were yeah. looking out for that trap. But if you're an adult and you're thinking Nevada... <laughs> yeah, it's, it was silly. Because we, we were that bored. We were just like... Yeah, it was... Is that what? No. It was road bingo that you could only play in Nevada is all <laughs> exactly. that is. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was a ridiculous time, it, but it, overall it was a really good experience. I'm excited to bring you guys back some news from the new one, um, which I'll be keeping you posted as best as I can. Yeah. So that we'll probably do like a filler episode at some point. Well, what's also interesting too about uh, Gamma is that a lot of the people that we like to hang out with aren't going this year. Right. Right. And that's that's a that's a frustrating part. So of it, like for me, I was kind of sad that I'm not going to Gamma, but the people I wanted to hang out with, that I, other than um, uh, your co-designer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be there, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I still want to get all the is. news, but hey, it is what it is. Most of the news has already been right. announced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there'll be too much new stuff, but I'll, I'll see some cool games in, in person, and we'll see what I can do. But anyway, let's get into our brand new segment. We're excited for that. All right, so again, the the, t- the game is, or the thing is called Board Game Brainstorm. Yep. We had to come up with games based on our five cr- criteria from our top eight debate. Mm-hmm. Basically coming up with five games off of that based on one game. So what is our one rule about the games that we have to break up? So it has to be a, a game that is considered a modern classic, basically. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do something old like, oh, chess, or even even as old as Monopoly. But it has to be at least 20 years old. We 10. Decided. At least 10 years old. Because not we don't, we're not basing it off of Cult of the New. Because there's a good chance that if you in fact, if it's within the last are... ten years, a good portion of people might not have played it. Mm-hmm. But in the past, if it's at least ten years old, in this case, like twenty five plus years, yeah, um, if yeah, one of my games played, is almost as old as <laughs> yeah. If you know that, then you know how how standing Catan is. Mm-hmm. So again, if you've ever played Catan, but, which by the way is our choice because you right. know, Klaus Toiber, yes, because uh, he passed away. Mm-hmm. So the reason why we picked Catan is because we figure that's one of the most universal games that we feel that a lot of the people who would listen to our podcast would be familiar with. Yep. And so we want, if whether you like the game or not, for whichever reason, our goal is to give you this reference of games that are similar in these five criteria, which we're going to go over in a minute. And if you do like that part of the criteria, you'll go look at this game. If you do not like Catan for this reason, then you'll likely unlike that. Uh, yeah, you probably won't like this other game that we recommend because of the reasons we list above. So what are those five criteria? Uh, the first one, of course, is ease of play. It's the simplicity or familiarity of the mechanism. Your likelihood to get it to the table, either mm-hmm. based on a mechanism like worker placement or a theme like, uh, let's say, city building. Yeah. Or because of Catan. Yeah. Uh, or something that is, and this is a knock for when we're doing our debate, prone to analysis for paralysis. If you think Catan takes too long because people are always trying to think their moves for too long, then uh, that's a knock. So we're trying to make a game that isn't very analysis paralysis right. when we're making a selection here. Yeah. We also have replay value. So like around the same time as this game around Catan, we want to have a game that's around that same. Um, gives you the same number, of, minimum number of plays to get the full experience of it. And also has about the same number of expansions or future Close expansions. It, yeah. Now, granted, Catan has an insane <laughs> amount of expansions. Their expansions have expansions. Yes, yeah. So we might not 
have quite that extreme, but that's still the premise that we're going with. A very expandable game. Uh, next up here, we have Meaningful Choice. Uh, this is impacting on other players, so how you impact their strategies. Depth of strategy, tactics, or skills, so mm-hmm. how you play the game, how much depth to it. And Arbitrary Choices is another one that has a knock mechanism on it. It does, you have to make pure choices, or are they arbitrary, and allow you to win the game without really making good choices. That's right. Next is game immersion. The theme of Catan, we want to get something that if you like that style and you like what it does, whether it's player interaction, if it's fun to lose, if it gives you those big stand-up moments, Mm -hmm. we want to try and find games that match along those same. Yeah, I agree. And then the last one here is art and production. Uh, We want to something that has good art or better, has as well as pieces and components to say something like Catan, and as well it has very well done graphic design. And for me, when I did this one, I kind of wanted to go along the lines of it does it a little better than Catan because Catan's an older game. It's 1995. It's about to hit the 30-year anniversary. So I want, you know, better art. I want something that has at least the equivalent of component-wise and better graphic design because Catan's graphic design is not bad, but I want something where it's it's easily readable. Sure. All right. So, we're going to get into this. Why don't we start with uh, Ease of Play? Right, I was that. actually... That's how I have it written down. It's like okay. how I have this written down. So, I have Ease of Play, Replay Value, Meaningful Choice, Game Immersion, and Art Sounds Production. Good. How we did it. And long-time viewers will know our coin of doom. It does change per episode. So, yeah. we'll find out. So, let's see who begins. Ease of Play. I don't remember which one this one is. Uh, that's tails. That's head. Yes. This is head, so it's tell. So I start. So for my pick of ease of play, when I'm talking about simplicity and familiarity of the mechanism, the one I gravitated towards was the wailing and dealing. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of my oldest games on this list. Here, it's not that old, but it's around the same. They It just had a 25th anniversary edition okay. released. But it's that wailing and dealing. It's the the familiarity because it's something that's been around for a while there's not a lot of analysis paralysis but there's a lot of shouting there's a lot of uh, um, laughter and I'm going to talk about one game before because this is the one that came to my mind first and then I'm like oh no this is a better version of kind of that and the first game I thought of was Pit Okay, but I thought of another card game that I enjoy a whole heck of a lot more and it's by another popular designer Uwe Rosenberg. I thought, I, I thought this would be coming along with you. Uh, Bonanza. Uh, this game, it, th- there's wheeling and dealing in it. You basically have a card of hands of beans in there, and you're trying to make a big match, but you can't really shuffle your, your deck. So you're trying to get a set of, like say, green beans or something like that. You're basically bean farmers, and you're trying to get the best set to get the most points. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing. It's like, hey, I'll give you two of these if you give me all your green beans. This way I can do that. And you're doing your wheeling and dealing, and that's a big part of Catan, too. It's the yes. wheeling and dealing. So I really gravitated to the simplicity and the familiarity of the mechanism because a lot of people talk about that sheep for, for wood or uh, what is the other resource in there? The sheep, uh, it's sheep, wood, and... Or. Or. So it's kind of like that, that that wheeling dealing that you have going on in Catan, and I just think this one does it quicker. Well, not quicker, but it's still right. pretty quick. If you like that wheeling and dealing part of Catan, this is the best game for you to go to, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, I went a completely different route on this. <laughs> See, I when I think of ease of play, um, 
it, Catan isn't the simplest game, but it is simple in the fact that you are just simply trading these resources mm-hmm. in to build effectively a settlement, uh, you know, yeah. a city. And those are the main parts. You have settlements and cities in that. So I was like, what is a resource game about city building that I thought was just as simple as this? Because you roll some dice and you get the resource from it. And I was thinking Machi Koro. I knew you were going to go this way, probably, so... And that just makes sense to me. In fact, I feel like Machi Koro is almost like a card game version of Catan. It's a little simpler. If you Mm -hmm. like that idea of, like, where you start off with one thing, the more you build, the more you're going to receive in the background. That that brings in a lot of the same familiarity. Okay. Um, Anybody who likes, like, the video games of, like, city building and stuff, I kind of recommend this for, like, if they want a family game. And especially if they're already familiar with Catan, because that ease of play, that familiarity of the mechanism of rolling dice and randomly getting a resource, mm-hmm. that is very familiar. Okay. Um, and that's why I went with Machi Koro. Now, for, if you don't know what Machi Koro is, it's a card game. You're trying to build your six landmarks, roll, a, roll one or two dice on your turn, depending on which landmarks you have built. The resource in this game is money. You're using those money to buy other buildings, which will land and activate in different ways and on different dice rolls. The first player to build all six landmarks wins. That's very similar to building, you know, the cities and the settlements in Catan and the Longest Road. There's multiple ways to get points. This is basically just a a quick, like, four to six points, depending on Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the expansion or not. But again, it works off of that same familiarity. This is an very easy transition from people who are familiar with Catan to go to Machi Koro. In fact, it's actually a step down as far as complexity goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is, uh, again, if you if you think um, uh, Machi Koro might be a little, or not Machi Koro, Settlers might be a little complicated for, like, your family, mm-hmm. Machi Koro is a great introduction to that. See, I, I figured Machi Koro was either going to be in this this category, ease of play, or it was going to be in the game immersion category. Right. Well, that's fair. I guess we'll just see what happens. Yeah. I might have played the same game twice. Uh, no, I picked five different games. Okay. Same game. here. Same here. Now, let's go on to replay value. So, Starting with you. Replay value, again, it's length of time. Catan runs about an hour, maybe 90 minutes. It can run a little long, depending on how mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it does scale with two to four players, but that is the range it's going for. Uh, minimum number of plays. Um... I, I aimed for, like, you know, it, the game itself, it all comes out within that first play, but you have some modularity into it. Mm-hmm. Like, with setting up the different numbers in different spots, the board is different, um, and what cards you generally get through that. So I wanted that same modularity, and then I also wanted a game that had a lot of expansions. Okay. And the only game that came to this mind uh, let me guess, let me guess. goes long. You're probably going to figure it out. Carcassonne. Yes, Carcassonne. <laughs> it does. I mean, Carcassonne has 10 I actually base thought expansions. About this one. Yeah, it has 10 base expansions. It has six mini box expansions. It has a number of just little punch out expansions. I almost and put this it has on my different li- versions like Katana. I, I almost put this on my list, yeah. but I was like, no, it's going to be on yours. Yeah, it's, because for it just this makes spot, sense. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, I don't know of a game that has been expanded nearly as much as Catan, as Carcassonne has. There is a few, of course. Like, Ticket to Ride is a very expanded game, but it still pales in comparison to these two. These are kind of both the juggernauts on that. So if you if you want a game for... If you like Catan and how much you can play it again and again and get, like, you know, slight familiar experiences, 
but have different flavors of wildly drastic expansions, mm-hmm. um, keep the same number of players more or less, and, and and have that modularity in the game, Carcassonne would be my recommendation for that. All right, going into my replay value, um, I went in a little different route. This is the one that's least likely like a ton, but it has a lot of, uh, for the replay value, is pretty close. Length of time and scaling well, it's pretty much the same. Uh, in fact, you need an expansion to meet what the base count is on this one. Uh, in Catan, you need the expansion in Catan to meet the base count. Five to six, okay. Uh, uh, I think it's five is base out of this box. Okay. Uh, minimum number of plays for the full experience. Cause I went with, when I went with that, I was thinking Catan is pretty much the same, other than the fact you can have a modular board. No. So I didn't really worry about that part, but the expandability is the one that I really gravitated to on the replay value. Because it has multiple versions of this game. It yes. has uh, multiple um, expansions, or a few expansions for at least the base games. Games. Uh, can you guess? You've already mentioned it. Um, I already spaced out. No. Ticket to Ride. Oh, Ticket to Ride. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair so, enough. So uh, I was thinking like I could put this in Ease of Play too, because it's basically you're just pulling a set and you're doing mm-hmm. that. But I think for for the replay value aspect of uh, Catan, Ticket to Ride has it, because you have your standalone expansions. You have your Europe. You have your your Rails and Trail or Rails and Sales. You have Pittsburgh. Uh, the mini like version. The Pittsylvania, Amsterdam. the mini version. Amsterdam. So yeah. pick your poison. Wherever you want to The go. card game. The, it has a card game. Yes. Uh, it has a bunch of expansions. Some of them are not all that great, like the little mm-hmm. dinosaurs or the alien invasion one. Yep. It has anniversary editions Those like Catan, yeah. 10th and 15th anniversaries based on certain games, yep. uh, certain versions of it. So, yeah, for me, and it, it's a simple game. Um, it's just, it's something that you could be teach to family. it has juniors versions as well my yes. first ticket to ride versus Catan so for me it really ticket to ride gravitated towards me to fit with Catan on this one and also it we can use ticket to ride as a modern classic because it's old enough and it is technically a modern classic absolutely so. cool alright let's go on to meaningful choice how does the Catan meaningful choices relate to this now this one um in in Catan, the biggest strategy is you want to build your engine. Mm-hmm. So when you you're trying to mitigate the random of the dice rolls, and that's the biggest part about it, is that if you're already in a good position and you're trying to build outward to get the resource you need, you're trying to get the most meaningful out mm-hmm. resource. When that when the likelihood of the die roll comes up, or just when it triggers, you want to be able to cut people off. You want to be able to build in their area you want to be able to get those resources when that random allotment is given do you know what game i'm basing this off of uh honestly i don't space base yeah it it very much fills that meaningful choice category for me and because it's in fact i thought this was going to be the one section that we had a crossover and we don't oh wow okay well then we'll see because no i this was the first game i compared settlers of Catan to because you have two dice. It is a random resource allotment. Mm-hmm. You are trying to get the most powerful stuff in the dice that are most likely to roll. You're trying to build this engine so that no matter what happens, no matter what any other people roll, you gain the benefits according to that. So, like, it's a very fair strategy in space base that mm-hmm. you fill in just your first six. So, no matter what your opponents roll, you're going to get at least a small little bump of benefits. Yeah. That's 100% a meaningful choice in it. 
um, how you do that, where you do that, when, when do you think you should pull the trigger on the stuff that's going to slow you down a lot more. That's a big part of both games. And I feel like that engine building, if you really like that, if you like Catan and want to step it up one more, this is a little more complicated than Catan. And much more. Um, and there's less player interaction with it. But it definitely has that long-term strategy mm-hmm. of how do you mitigate the random the most efficiently. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with this one. Uh, and it's funny because my meaningful choice goes about with the mitigating of the random. There okay. is dice rolling in this one. There is uh, a lot of strategy in this one. There is city building in a sense in this one as well. Uh, there is fairly good strategy in this game, tactics and skills in a sense, because there's many different ways you can win the game. Many different ways to get your points to help you win the game. Interesting. Uh, do you have an idea what I'm choosing here? No. Castles of Burgundy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you go with the hex board, huh? Yeah, go with the hex board, but it, it, right. it also goes with the mitigation of the dice rolls sure. that we were talking about. Yeah. Because the dice rolls aren't that important in Castles of Burgundy. You can flip a six to a one depending on what you need to trigger right. on the board if you get your resources of your workers to help right. you, you with that. You can never roll badly. Yeah. And you can sell and get your points off basically selling your goods. Right. You can get your points based on farming or getting your special powers from your your castles or your, um, uh, what are they, the monasteries, I think mm-hmm. is what it is. Also, oh. your farms give you different things because you gotta, you're trying to get like different cows or stuff like that. Yeah. There is a lot of meaningful strategies in this game. My, like I said, I didn't go fairly new. I went with something that gives you a lot of the feels to yeah. Catan. I mean, Castles of Burgundy, they just had an anniversary edition. Bonanza, Ticket to Ride has had an yep. anniversary editions. Uh-huh. But there's a reason why I'm mentioning these games, because a lot of the stuff that Catan did, they fed off of in different ways. I see. And so, for me, Castles of Burgundy does have that meaningful choice, like Catan, where you're trying to be smart with your resources, where you're trying to be smart, like, should I take the first turn, so should I sell and get my boat going right. faster, if I can take the, the, the resources faster or make my choices faster and so i i really do think this is a good one in fact i was actually researching lists based off katans just different people's different ideas and stuff like that that i agreed with after i made my list yeah yeah i had already made my list but i'm like okay let me see what other people think now and i was like you know what that that it validates it it, yeah sure cool Actually, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, This I, is the one where I thought it was I a see, crossover. It didn't even pop into my mind. I, those two <laughs> games live in completely different worlds, apparently, for me. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Awesome. Game Immersion. Game Immersion. This is going by quickly. I like it. That's right. To so you. Game too. Immersion. So, you you really did, like, explain this really well. The funnest part... The part that makes you feel like, oh, I just did something really clever, and I really had that moment where it's like, aha, and and where you got the resources at the right time of what you needed, and you did it by by maybe manipulating, but likely dealing with your opponents. You got what you needed, Bonanza. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. This was we have a crossover. That's right, we have one crossover. Bonanza. It's just it's it it's it's that part of Catan. That's the part that, if you've never played Catan, you don't understand how much of a part that 
it is in this game. Mm-hmm. You could be like, oh, well, wood for sheep. Yeah, everyone knows the meme. But, like, really, you can't win. I mean, you can't. But you really unlikely will win if you don't wheel and deal with others. That's a big thing. I mean, and yes trade, and no, because you have the trade with a tray. It's yeah, just you not can trade at a four to one. Yeah. Most people will take a one to one. Some luck, people may do a two to one. And then my thing is, my knowing my luck, I'll draw yeah. like four woods, and I'm like, I only need... <laughs> one of the big things in, in Catan, right? You have a hand limit of seven cards. And that's a big thing, because the robber sucks when that happens. Mm-hmm. Because if you have more eight or more cards, you have to discard half of your hand. And, yeah. So one of the big things about why you would wheel and deal is you might make outrageous offers of stuff that you normally wouldn't trade for to get cards out of your hand mm-hmm. so you're not penalized as bad. If I have ten cards in my hand, you better believe I'll be like, I will give you three wheat for anything else. <laughs> anything just trade me anybody else want the offer because i want to trade it so that way you don't get hit so hard when the robber comes up in bonanza if you don't get those cards out of your hand because they don't change order while in your hand you might be forced to discard something you've been working for a significant part of the game mm-hmm. because you just couldn't mitigate that part of it okay. so in bonanza yeah like like daniel was saying you have a hand of cards that don't change the order. You have to plant some down. They're all bean fields. You have either two or three bean fields uh, in front of you. You're planting them down. Then you deal out some cards. You wheel and deal with others. Add them to your add them to your fields. Possibly replacing stacks that you've already done. So there's a little bit of press your luck going mm-hmm. in there. And then um, on top of that, you're you're just trying to get the best sets of each of those to trade them in for the most points. valuable points. And the thing is, too, is when you're getting new cards into your hand, they always got to go to the left side of your hand. Yes. So, so they're always going to be the furthest back, and mm. you're going to see them the longest, but you get that little, oh, suddenly you feel clever. I feel like that's very similar to the development cards that are in Catan. You're yeah. like, oh, and that, I that's suddenly the thing, get points. Like, I didn't I mention it when, when I was doing Bonanza. <laughs> it's like, hey, I got two green beans here. And I just drew up two green beans here. I need to get these cards out of the way for I can get these sets together for I can sell them. Right. So that's and, your will and deal. And part. that's similar. Like you might make an outrageous deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like, hey, I need a brick. I will give you 12 cards for this brick. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, take my hand. I need a brick. Like, <laughs> And you very well can do that in that game. And I feel like Bonanza really brings up that like hilarious moments of just mm-hmm. like... Uh, like, when, at what point do you, like, I'll give you two wheat not to take his deal kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's just silly. Um, I like it. But, yeah, if you like that wheeling and dealing, that silliness, Bonanza, it's up there. So this one's a bit out of left field. It's not really. It's city building. Uh, mm-hmm. The first game I thought of for this uh, was like, no, I don't really like that game, so why would I recommend it? Yeah. Uh, but for the game immersion part, for me, it is fun to lose in this one. I love the the combos that you can do with this one. Like when you're doing smart stuff and filling your field in Catan, gives you that, that that good game immersion. This game gives me that feel as well, and it does lead to a lot of memorable moments if it's done really well. N- made by another famous designer, Bruno. Uh, no, not Bruno Catan. I can't remember who it was, but um, uh, it's a Days of Wonder game. City building Days of Wonder game. <coughs> oh, Quadropolis. Quadropolis. Oh. I, for yeah. me, when it comes to the game immersion, it does give you that city building aspect of it. You, yeah. you're taking your tiles and you're trying to, like you said it earlier, like the metal. Uh, people are familiar with metal now, mm-hmm. where you're taking a row and you take whichever one you want. And you're trying to put it in the proper place in the park. So, 
you're trying to get the same the, the right kind of resources where you can build either your road or your mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, and it gives you little bonus rewards, kind of like Catan, who like the longest road kind of aspect of it. Whereas if you have like the most parks or something like that. Uh, I, I really do like this one. Like I said, it's out of left field. But I, for when I was going with the game immersion in this one, Catan is about building the city of Catan. This is a city building game that kind of gives you that feel. And it's a fun game. Because the first one I thought it was Suburbia. <laughs> but Suburbia was not that fun when it came to city building. Yeah. And so like this one is like the game immersions when I was going by our criteria. It is fun to lose uh, uh, Quadropolis because you try like that whole... Although last time we played Suburbia, you had a lot more fun losing. There, yeah, but not yeah. as much as I do with Quadropolis. And it's been a while True. since I played that one. True. Uh, also like the fact that there is some table talk was like, don't you put your piece there because <laughs> I need that. I don't, don't, don't go I there. Swear to God, I will take you down. And to the point where I haven't played Quadropolis <laughs> in years and I still kind of remember a lot mm-hmm. of the gameplays I've had of this game. Yeah. And so it leads to that memorable moments. That's why I was like going, okay, city building, memorable moments, uh, Quadropolis. Awesome. Okay. Let's go into our last category. That is pieces and components. Art and production. Art and production is what I actually meant. It's right there. I was just checking to make sure you were paying attention. (laughs) That's all. So art and production. If you like the art and production on Catan, let's talk about what other games you Art and production... um, this is not really out of left field because I went with something that is basically set collection. You need to get uh, a good number of um, grapes to help you build your wines. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, a Stonemeyer game has to go in here because of the pieces and components. It's not out of left field. It's out of the vineyard. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's... It's not that far off when you think about it. You have to do a set collection. You have to... You're trying to build up um, your winery by using your resource management properly, which you need to do in Catan. Yep. Uh, Plus, the component quality, I said, has to be better or as on par or better. Yeah, we're giving recommendations, not... yeah. Yeah, so the art, phenomenal. The uh, the pieces of components are great. Okay. I want to see more games that have those little eyedropper or things where it like pops up the number like the, what you're yeah. using for your uh, grapes and stuff like that, and your winery and your wines. Uh, the graphic design is easy to read. Uh, the, the big difference is whereas it's a wheeling and dealing game, Catan. This one's a worker placement games, but it like most worker placement games, you have to manage your resources properly. There is a limited stuff that you can do. In Catan, you're limited based on your card uh, draws. You're also based on uh, how the dice rolls goes over here. You're limited in this game based on your workers because you have to go through a whole season with three workers to start with. So you have to be smart how you use things. And for the art production, I think Viticulture is just through the roof. Stonemaier is phenomenal when it comes to this kind of stuff. Okay. So, the game I picked, and uh, I don't think you'll have any argument against this. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> already. No, I wanted to pick a game. Like, so, when I think of the art and production on Catan, I don't think it's bad art. I, no, I, that's I don't fine. generally mind. But it does have, you can tell it's aged a little bit. You can tell it's from, like, the golden age of Euros, like mm-hmm. the earlier ages. And so, I wanted something that captured that same feel. I do like the art on this a little bit better. But then again, um,. You know, each of the tiles on the Catan board, it does a great job of representing what kind of resource it You're does. So it. I wanted something that, that does that same... Viticulture like, does it too with the cards. Sure. Uh, and and I wanted it to be obvious, like, of which ones you had. And in, 
In Catan, you have the wooden pieces that are very clearly distinctive. Same with this. And also, you have pretty decent quality dice that are in Catan. I wanted a game that also had dice, which this game has all of those that I listed. Stone Age. Now, hear me out on that. No, no, no. I, so I see where you're it going has, with that. It has wooden dice. It's, it's designed to look a little bit older, but you know where you're going to be going for gold. You know where you're going <laughs> I for I like fish. the fact that we both went work yeah. replacement on this. We, we both went work replacement, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine like still resource management. You're trading in the resources to get points, you know. But and you're still trying to use your dice to actively get those resources. Mm-hmm. So again, that's where it breaks down to. I think that if you like the the art direction, the idea that they were going with, where the art and the resources are very clearly delineated, but it still is kind of like this immersive board. Uh, Michael Menzel, I believe, made the art for this one, mm-hmm. and it's really obvious because it's really pretty art. And in Stone Age, they do a great job of capturing, like, oh, well, obviously I need to send them to the forest to get wood. Obviously I need to send them to this part to get stone. And and you're going to know where each of those parts are, so when you finally get those resources, you're going to get the good wooden bits, you're going to trade them in for what you need to build um, for points, and it has a lot of the same idea with it. So if you like the art and production of Catan... My next level up would be Stone Age. So with I, that, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in a grit, I'm giving you guff. I mean, that's why you didn't include viticulture with any of the other categories. Yes, but art and production, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. It does make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so, um, well, that was an interesting episode. Again, tell us what you think. I please, I do, I do have one thing about the Stone Age, though. Mm-hmm. Air out that freaking cup. Yeah, the cup. I mean, <laughs> Catan could have a cup too. In fact, the dice game version of it, it has, has a, a leathery cup. Yeah. It's more, it's plastic, but it has a leathery cup. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if you, we want you to tell us your feedback and what you thought of this episode today. It was a bit of a shorter episode, but Which is sometimes, good. sometimes we need that. You know, we tend to go a little long-winded on some of our bigger episodes. Yep. But uh, please, by all means, let us know. Um, if you want to join us on a live episode, like any of our viewers today, uh, thanks to one of our viewers for letting us know about our sound issue earlier. As always, we need troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And goodness knows, we w- could have filmed that whole episode and not known it had it not uh, been yeah, for our awesome it, viewers. So. Yeah, exactly. As well as all video re-uploads can be found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. If you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. Which games would you choose for our five criteria for the, the recommendations off of Catan? As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms. This includes under uh, platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to give us direct feedback, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Whether you tell, tell us whether we're right or wrong, enter in future contests, or just stopping by to say hello... Or give us ideas for future episodes. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And with that being said, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.